0: Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening.
1: And welcome and to Rock Strikes! Strikes!
2: Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes, never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. All right, this is a special episode here of Rock Strikes 10. Getting the handle of this interview thing. I'm not the world's best interviewer. However, I enjoy talking to people about music, so cut me some slack here. I'm doing what I can. It's just fans talking about music, you know. Hey, I'm I'm not making money doing this. I'm doing it for the love. Once again, speaking of doing it for the love, the great Pete Larusa from Space Beard is on the show this week. Pete lives all the way out in Brooklyn, which is a long way from Fort Worth, Texas. So we did this one by Skype. Finally, recording stuff on Skype. I will give you a little bit of a programming note here. It is not the best sound quality. It is not perfect. However, it's a fun conversation. I still invite you to listen to it. I apologize. It is recorded kind of in a mono recording, but the songs are top-notch and very quality, and I think it's worth your time to listen to this episode. I will stress multiple times on this episode for you to go and buy the new Space Spirit record called Gone. If you buy it digitally for a very, very limited time, I'm talking like next few days, if you buy it online digitally, you can send Space Beard a proof of purchase, and they will send you a physical copy of the CD. Now, how cool is that? So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Pete. And on this episode, of course, we plug the new album a lot, but we also do Pete's Desert Island list. Pete has great taste of music, and you're going to hear it for yourself right now. So check it out. I hope you enjoy. And here we go. All right. Here on Rock Strikes 10, live with me on the Skype... The great Pete LaRussa. you hear him on every show on the outro with his awesome band Spacebeard. They have a new record out called God. We're going to talk about that a whole lot. Plus, as I told you at the top of the show, we're going to get into Pete's Desert Island. So this is going to be a really fun show. So without further ado, Pete, how you doing?
3: Doing good, Joey. It's a pleasure to be on your show after being a listener for the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for taking the time. I uh, thank you. I want to congratulate you on the new record. Gone is so good, and I'm not just saying that. I know, uh, full disclosure, you sent me a free copy. You sent me in advance. You put me in the damn liner notes. But I got to say, this is a very quality record. I'm very impressed, and I think everybody should support this album. Oh
3: well, thanks. I definitely, I definitely appreciate that coming from a music fan like yourself. And um, you know, we're we're really, really proud of it ourselves yeah and put, a, put a put a few years into it put a, almost three years into it
2: yeah well it was it was worth it man i gotta say and i'm a production nerd i even went to production school way back in the day so i gotta say <laughs> the the way this album was produced engineered mixed all that stuff i mean great levels everything's balanced real well and it sounds better than tons of the major label stuff that uh, you know the, the releases that come out of major labels it it like o- over exceeds the mix on a lot of those records so I mean like yeah i gotta say from that end it's well appreciated uh, you know from a guy like me
3: Oh, i'm glad you pointed that out because that was well that was one of the things that um that i was pushing for was you know for it to, to make sure that it wasn't mastered so loud uh to the point of you know distortion, and you know we wanted to make sure it, it, the balance of, of the levels were were good for for the listeners' ears. Um, and you know all the credit goes to a uh, longtime friend Jerry Farley who did all the production.
2: Yeah, good job, Jerry. All right, all right. So um, you know on, on some of the recent shows I had Pinkish Black on the show. I'm going to ask you a couple of general interview questions. We'll do a couple of Tiger Beat questions, and then we're going to get right to yeah. your Desert Island List and the music. Okay? Sure all right uh so with this new album uh, is there any kind of you know that this is probably a simple yes or no but is there any kind of loose concept or concept to this record well
3: yeah it, it is it is a concept record i mean uh yeah we it's it's a, to really sum it up it's a concept album that explores the importance of music in our lives through a story about a steadfast musician during a moment of weakness that sells his soul for rock and roll
2: I like it. it. It 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 gave me a sense of rush, like some of the urgency that they talked about in the '80s mm-hmm. and and stuff on the horizon. You know, even whether what they were talking about uh, people in general or whether they were talking about Cold War stuff. I really got that vibe <laughs> off of it, which is a good thing, I think. And uh, so that's what I got out of it. So. Oh uh, yeah,
3: that yeah. All three of us are Rush fans, so I'm not. I'm definitely not surprised to to hear you say that, and I'm pretty sure that they were of a, a pretty heavy influence on us in in terms of you know the way we put certain things together. Um, but yeah, to answer your, your question, it's it's definitely um, it's it's a concept throughout. It it kind of jumps time periods uh, from the beginning through the end of the record
2: yeah i definitely got that out of the lyrics too i've listened to this album multiple times so i really was trying to break down and find the concept there so that that totally makes sense so thanks for clarifying that for me there yeah no problem and a bit of a guitar geek as well i've got a few myself uh what are some of the main axes you used on this record
3: uh well i used my two guitars i i've had a, a an sg a black sg for about 14 years that i've been using so that was my that was my main guitar that's what I used uh, for all the, the main rhythm parts and um, and then sometime last year my brother actually gave me um, an old 1981 Ibanez Iceman
2: nice
3: so I ended up using that on pretty much the majority of the record for the secondary tracks and a lot of the lead stuff uh, clean guitars uh, I used Jerry's Telecaster that he had just gotten at the time and so I was the first one to get to break that in for him.
2: Oh, cool. <laughs>
3: yeah, and um, I, you know, actually, yeah, my brother, too, as well. I'm going to give him a shout-out, my brother Vincent. Yeah. Uh, I actually used one of his 12-string guitars for the uh, the 12-string acoustic stuff that you hear on the record.
2: All right, very cool. And, of course, I, I, I'm, I'm an nice man myself, so I remember you sad about that when you are recording, so that was another reason I wanted to bring that up. So it uh, definitely popped me with that. Yes, once again, everybody should go pick up this record. It's called Gone, and I mentioned this before we started the interview here, but let's mention it again. Pete, if you want to do the official pitch here, you've got this amazing promotion going on with the record. Like I don't know a lot of bands that are doing this, if any bands that are doing this. So go ahead, do your Gene Simmons for a minute, and tell them what they can do if they support the album immediately.
3: Well, Joey, the fans have the opportunity to take advantage of buying the record digitally on iTunes, Google Play, CD Baby, and if the fans choose to do this,
2: <laughs> you'll get a coupon.
3: <laughs> <laughs> shall receive a coupon? No, actually, let me let me speak uh, normally here. Sure, sure, go ahead. They, um, if anyone chooses to buy the record on iTunes or any any of the digital platforms, for very limited time, we're going to give away physical CDs to anyone who chooses to buy digitally. And uh, all you have to do is just send us a screenshot or a receipt from which, whichever service you, you bought the record from. Uh, we have a we have our own email account on Gmail. It's at space, spacebeard at gmail.com. So you send all that information over to us with your mailing address um, and we'll, we'll send you out a, a CD as soon as we can. Yes.
2: And it will get there to your house, I know for sure. All correspondence that Pete has done via snail mail has arrived at my house, totally fine, intact, taken care of, and it'll be from the man himself, I'm sure. So Good job, U.S. Postal Service. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan. I still am. Yeah. Uh, and I'm putting this episode out uh, just at the very most a couple of days after we're talking here, so you probably have about another week to do that, if I'm not mistaken. So do not sleep on this promotion. Go support it. So I asked the guys in Pinkish like this, and I'm going to ask you the same thing since you're in a band. We'll start off with the first concert you ever went to.
3: Well, the first show I ever went to, we actually it was me and my cousin. Uh, he was living in Colorado at the time, and um, we we would f- we would frequently listen to the, the rock and metal radio station uh, in Colorado, like they were KBPI. And they would, they would have concert giveaways very, very frequent and often. And um, for some reason, my cousin, he had this phone that the speed dial just, it always seemed to always work so well that he can get through any time there was uh, a contest for concert tickets. Nice. So uh, the, the whole thing was, was that they would play an, an interview clip, and you had to listen to it and try to find in the clues of the interview clip. You had to guess who the person was that was being interviewed. All right. So we're listening to the clip, and I, I hear something, you some kind of a mention of uh, an Eagles reference. So I tell my cousin, um, "It's Don Henley. It's Don Henley. Call up and tell him it's Don Henley." Now this was in like, this was in summer of 1990s. So okay. Uh, the tickets that were up in the contest were to see the Black Crows opening for Heart.
2: Oh wow! Okay.
3: Yeah. So and me, and my cousin at that point, where we were, we were. We were pretty big fans of the Black Crows record, the first record. Oh yeah. So, and you know, we we knew of the heart tune, but we mainly actually wanted to go and see the Black Crows. So we, we called he called up and I, I was right with the answer and we got on the radio and won the tickets and it, like front row seats and we we you know we stuck around obviously for art and we watched the entire show. So that was that was my first show. kbpi who's this? Joe. Joe tell me who was that man that was talking? Don Henley. Don Henley you really think that's Don Henley? Yeah. Well,
2: you're absolutely right, man. You're going to Heart
3: and Black yeah! Crows. Yeah! Yeah! Really,
2: man? Absolutely. Fourth row tickets for you, man. All right.
3: going to be a hot show, and you're going to be there.
2: Yeah, man. What's the radio station being around the world?
0: KBPI!
2: Oh, cool. So you never had one of those embarrassing, my parents dragged me to Starland Vocal Band or anything like that? No, no. Actually, right. never had any of those. Yeah, I didn't either, actually. So, that, that's very rare when I ask people that question. So, all right. Uh, so, what was the first album that you ever owned? Whether you bought it with your own money or, or it was a gift, you know, from a family, or, like the one that you claimed as your own. You didn't have to share it with siblings, or maybe you did, but like the first one you really remember, the one that really got you.
3: The first one, I, I believe that I bought. I would say with my own money. It was like you know Christmas gift money.
2: Sure. It was it
3: was uh, Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry.
2: Nice. That was yeah. that was that was my first Christmas gift album that was mine that I didn't have to share with my sister. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's super cool.
3: Yeah. <laughs> after Christmas of eighty four, right? Right after yeah. that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. My sister got like a virgin and I got stay hungry. And <laughs> yeah, my mom was terrified on both ends because I mean, you know. With good reason. Yeah, think about that. I mean, and that was five. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, I'm glad she never asked me what SMF meant because I couldn't have answered the question anyway. Um, and if <laughs> she'd mother, ever found my, out, it would have, she would have broken it in half. So
3: My mother actually did. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could pretty much figure out how that turned out.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, I can imagine, yeah. Uh, my mom wasn't exactly the mom in Detroit Rock City, but she was, like, two levels or three levels down from that, let's just say, so.
3: Uh, yeah, well, no, my mom was cool about all the music I listened to. She never gave
2: me any shit. Oh, good for you, good for you. All right, so before we get to your Desert Island, I got one more question for you. Yeah. Off the top of your head, what's the one song you wish you would have written? Whether it be for, I mean, you could say for monetary reasons, but I'd say, like, as far as, like, you know, <laughs> for true reasons. Uh, you hear it, and it almost makes you angry that you wish you wrote it.
3: Oh man, that's a really, really difficult question. Yeah,
2: top of your head. First one that comes to your mind. I know there's a lot of songs out there, but
3: you know, probably something as anthemic as like won't get fooled again.
2: Nice. That's a good answer. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much hear that at every show, whether it's on the PA or sporting events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sporting events for sure. Like I think fans (laughs) know. Yeah. I went to see Alice Cooper the other night and they even ended one of their songs with the won't get fold again ending, you know, you know, if you're, if you're a big fan, you catch those little things and, you know, little, the four strums, uh, you know, you, uh, for drummers out there, you know, the love gun drum outro and a lot of drummers do that. And I, I kept, do it. Yeah. Nice.
3: <laughs> I do it a lot.
2: Yeah. I, 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 it's been going on as far back as bunny Carlos, I think, you know, like yeah. after, like anything post-Peter Chris, you know, you, you hear a couple of those on Live at VoodooCon, so. All right. Let's get to Pete LaRussa's Desert Island list. Pete. I am ready. What do you have to kick off the show with? What's what's the good intro song? or Do the album first, and then tell me what song you got pulled for okay. it. Okay. Well,
3: I have a little order here, so my number 10.
2: So you actually, you're ranking these. Oh, yeah nice why yeah. not no I figured why not I figured
3: it'd be fun I didn't even have honorable mentions
2: oh cool yeah we'll do that like at the halftime
3: yeah I figured you'd want to do that at some point maybe late at the end
2: yeah because um, people are getting anxious they want to get to the music I'm sure so <laughs> yeah let's do it number 10
3: well number 10 I have Iron Maiden somewhere in time and the song that I've chosen is the very bass heavy uh, that could be any maiden song but sure. in, this, in this particular song it's, it's really heavy so I'm going to go with Sea of Madness
2: Oh, nice. Good pick, man. All right, hey. we'll, we'll play this, and we'll uh, wax about the album when we return. So there you go. Kicking off this week's episode with Pete LaRusso's Desert Island List. This is Sea of Madness by Iron Maiden. Up the irons. <laughs> See a madness by Iron Maiden. There, somewhere in time, 1985. No googling on this show. Um, that's a very interesting pick, and I don't think that's a bad pick either. But uh, what is the rationale behind "Somewhere in Time" of all the Maiden records? I'm sure there's some people out there saying that I'm not a hater of this album, but someone out there is bound to be saying that. So,
3: well, I, I put a lot of thought into that, you know, because there there is that tendency to for that album. To get kind of trashed by most Maiden purists,
2: yeah, unfairly um, I may add.
3: I gotta, I gotta kindly correct you. It was, it was released in '86.
2: Oh, you're right. Yeah, I <laughs> should, I should know that. God damn it, because '85 was Live After Death.
3: But you know, I, I put some thought into this because you know I, I love virtually all, all of the Maiden records. So you know, it was tough to, to choose. I mean, I was teetering on. Do I choose a, a Paul Diano record? Because I kind of got into that a little bit uh, a little bit more before i really dove heavily into the more into the dickinson stuff because i I had a i borrowed somebody's killers cassette and i I was listening to that a lot but i figured you know if you're going to be stuck with an album i mean if you're gonna be stuck on an island and you know you have 10 only 10 albums to choose you know you get you get that album which to me top to bottom is, is great all the way through it's like a perfect album to me as a maiden fan um, and then plus, you know, you have that added incentive of the album cover and the artwork and, um, and oh, all, yeah. the, all the little hidden gems that you have to look and find in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what better thing to have when you're stuck on a desert island, I'd say.
2: That's a great choice, man. I, I really do think that. And cool record, cool record. But I, ha-
3: I have always put it up there as one of my top favorites, so it was kind of like, it was easy to go with that one.
2: Nice. And of course, I love all the initial classics, and I consider that part of, the, you know, the first seven releases I think are super classic so
3: yeah they're there yeah, they're all they're all pretty much perfect
2: yeah yeah I don't think there's I mean there's not really a maiden album that I don't I mean you know I, I guess I'm not a big fan of No Prayer for the Dying yeah um,
3: I'm, I'm a fan of about half of that record same with like the, the Fear of the Dark I'm about half, half of the record
2: yeah I think their strong half is definitely stronger than No Prayer for the Dying and you know I, I try sometimes with the uh, Blaze stuff but yeah, yeah I, there's I, some good blaze
3: stuff in there but it, but uh, i would say that x factor is the stronger record of those two
2: yeah and, and usually i think it's a sin, but deep down i kind of wish they would record those albums with bruce at some point <laughs> well <laughs> you
3: yeah, those live versions of uh, sign of the cross
2: yeah yeah and of course the klansman jesus yeah yeah,
3: that's incredible yeah.
2: That, that's a showstopper every time i see it live so yeah um, all right Moving on, number nine, I love that you rank these. I'm going to say it over and over again, but I'm so glad that you, I love a list. All right, so. well, number nine, I went
3: with my all-time favorite album by this band. I went with Metallica with Ride the Lightning, and I'm going to go right with the title track.
2: Nice. All right, you heard the man. We're just going to play it right now. Go. Playing something off of the reissue of Ride the Lightning earlier this year for one of the Odds and Ends episodes, I picked it up and I was like, "What am I going to play to represent this?" And I actually sent a message over to Pete. Thanks for helping me with that headache because that's a hard record to cherry pick off of. But you went with a different song than you did earlier, so you did your homework, of course. Great pick, of course. Ride the Lightning, Metallica sophomore record. Uh, what is it about that record? And I, once again, and Ride the Lightning is huge. It's classic. Yeah. As some people, a lot of people would say, kill them all. A lot of people would say, master. So what is it about Ride the Lightning, Pete?
3: Well, I, it, it's really the first one that I really uh, got deeply into as a fan of the band. You know, I had heard, like, at that time, I was I had seen the video for one a whole bunch of times. Um, but, uh, you know, somehow, I, somehow I, I gravitated more to Ride the Lightning once I, once I bought it. And um, I think just... I know a lot of fans tend to put up Master Puppets as their their masterpiece, but my argument, and it's a small argument at that, it's it's just, you know, without Ride the Lightning and what that brought to the table and them still being in that early period of, of thrash metal, you know, I think Ride the Lightning is, is hugely important
4: um, yeah.
3: a, as an album for them. And, yeah, maybe song-wise, it, it, it's... Maybe it doesn't have as many so-called classics as, as Master Puppets and some. I think some fans would question some of the tracks, like maybe Escape. But you know, I don't know. It's just something uh, about that record it always always struck with me more than the others.
2: Yeah, I dig it. I guess it's
3: kind of it's hard to explain, but to this day, it's 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 probably the first go-to Metallica record. Anytime I feel like listening to Metallica, I tend to go to that that one all, all the time first.
2: Nice and good on you for being honest too. Like you're you're admitting, hey, I got this in like eighty seven or eighty eight, right? So. Uh, more like
3: ninety. I, I, it was like okay. one of the first. It was like one of the first CDs I ever bought. Okay,
2: very cool. Yeah, I like that. No Rebusiness history. We like that. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, what have we got for us next, Pete? All right, number eight.
3: Uh, and again, if this falls in line with well, there has to be something that represents the eighties. Sort of new wave rock pop hodgepodge that was going on.
2: Yeah, but I'm, a, I'm I mean, I'm a fan of it too. So.
3: Yeah, and it was it was extremely hard not to go with a police record, but you know, again, just going back to that that time period of you know, developing as a music fan, and as a young, really young music fan with a with a, a Fisher Price record player. One of the first, <laughs> one of the first records that I that I had was that, that was given to me somewhat new, and I actually still own it. And I'm gonna go with number eight, Men at Work. Business as usual.
2: Nice. I mean, right right off the bat, I had a Fisher Price record player and the first true forty five that was mine was down under. Oh really? So yeah. Yeah, I I freaking love this record, man. Like they just they just man. I, I still think Minute Work is extremely underrated. I mean, yeah, their their albums are really good. Those singles are monsters. They're just some of the most perfect like pop rock compositions ever, I think. Absolutely, I mean, I,
3: I have always said, you know, business as usual is, is a masterpiece. It's a pop, it's a pop rock masterpiece.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent agreed. I can't wait to hear what you have picked off of this record.
3: Well, I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit. I didn't go with a Colin Hay track. Ooh. I went with Helpless Automaton.
2: Oh wow! There you go. <laughs> and
3: and you want to talk about a song that encompasses what I what I said earlier about. That, that whole new wave rock, and in this instance, a little bit of punk. I think this song is, it's like their attempt at, at being Devo.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, now that you say that, it, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. And Greg
3: Hamm, you know, he does a great vocal on this track.
2: Yeah. Rest in peace, Greg. Yeah, rest Dude. in
3: peace.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to play that right now, so check this out. Right, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we'll dedicate that one to Greg. All right. I'm with that. automation there from business as usual let me try this again because i got i was yeah. off i was off a year last time so 1982 i want to say That's sounds yeah
3: good. it's about 81 82 i think it was originally released in 81 in australia and then and then it re- was released in the united states in 82.
2: yeah i'm going to take the american technicality there and say yeah <laughs> all right so yeah i mean you, you already went through it you, you told us why you love this record and uh yeah, I I would also stress like, have you seen Colin Hay uh, do one of his solo gigs recently at all? No,
3: no, I but I, I've watched footage online a, a few times.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying he like he always has good stories, and you know he's just he's just a, seems like a really super cool guy. So, like anybody out there, if he comes to your town, go see him, and definitely, hopefully, he'll he'll darken your door at some point here. So, all right, Pete, what do you got for us next? What is lucky number seven?
3: Well, number seven. And this is where I go with um, my, my punk rock pick. I'm going to go with the Ramones, A Road to Ruin.
2: Nice. Yes. The, song,
3: the song I'm picking is something that, again, it, it, it's one of those cases where it's a song that represents not only the early classic punk, but a lot of you know what you're continuing to hear today. So I went with I'm Against It.
2: I'm against it by the Ramones the fourth album by the Ramones there Road to Ruin and I'm against it great pick by Pete Larusso there the album that they were still pushing whenever rock and roll high school was being done so have great memories of that movie I rented it so many times and uh, it broke in one of my VCRs, So, <laughs> like the old clamshell version with PJ souls laying on her bed so
3: Really, I never even knew one of those existed. The oh clamshell, yeah, clamshell version of Rock and Roll High School.
2: Yeah, yeah. You ever seen those like random clamshells of like you know not kids movies, but like they just show a random picture from the movie in there. And so, yeah. Anyway, there's very nerdy facts there, but uh, <laughs> actually I have
3: a I have a clam an old original clamshell of um the Who the Kids Are Alright I still
2: have. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah so I'm
3: definitely familiar
2: with them. Do you have a clamshell of *Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park*?
3: No, I don't even have any of those variations of *Phantom of the Park* on VHS. Oh, my wow. brother has My brother has them. That was. That was basically my my in to, to access to those was his copy. So I never had my own.
2: Yeah, I've never seen a physical clamshell, but apparently there's one that exists out there. I do, so. I do believe
3: there is one that exists. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, I just had the regular ass uh, version that came out like in '89 or '90 or something. The like good that. times version. Yeah, the good times version. Yeah, <laughs> with the with the cropped heads and the yeah, opening. Yeah, it's awful. Goddamn pan scan. All right. So, we talked clamshells. That's like probably one of the geekiest things I've ever done on this show, but I'm kind of proud of it. So <laughs> I let's
3: discussed on Rock Strikes Ten yet?
2: Not not once. But uh, setting precedents here. Yeah, absolutely. Going with number six, Pete. Uh, Well, we know it's not Number of the Beast.
3: No, it's not. It's not the Number of the Beast. Uh, Number six, I went with the very first album that I got into by this band, and it's Rush 2112.
2: Oh, you can't go wrong with that at all. No. Uh, So how many times did you see Rush?
3: Uh, I've actually been fortunate to see Rush uh, three, three or four times. And it's funny enough, I, I, I saw them on their 20th anniversary in 94. Then I saw them on their 30th anniversary. And then I just saw them on their 40th. Nice. So it was, was, it was actually three times. i seen them three times.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. And as I've documented here on the show, I just always missed them. There was always something weird going on that kept me from their shows. But I finally got to see them doing R40 last year. I went with Logan. And especially now, knowing what we know... I'm yeah. really, really glad I went now because then I would have never had a chance to see him.
3: I would I would say that's probably the second greatest show I've ever been to. That R40 was, was tremendous.
2: That's so good, man. So let's see here. What do you got for... <laughs> and if you pick the first song, I'm going to have to play the edit, which <laughs> no, I hate no, to do.
3: I, I knew not to go with uh, the whole side A, because obviously it's 20-plus it's minutes.
2: Oh, uh, I went with
3: something that you're probably guaranteed to never hear on any of the classic rock stations that play Rush. So I went with Lessons.
2: Ooh, there you go.
3: Yeah, that, that acoustic intro, the way it fades in, it's a big, big favorite of mine. You, you know, ear candy, if you will.
2: I actually, and not that there's anything wrong with that, I never thought that this song would ever come up on any episode, but I'm glad you picked it, Pete. So here you go. This is Lessons by Rush. Check it out. Especially on the headphones, if you got some, because, yeah, that intro will kill you.
3: Yeah, exactly. The headphones make it even better.
2: All right, here we go. 12 lessons by the now late great rush according to all reports sad but true um, you know as, as a band obviously but uh, yeah I mean it, it they totally went out on top though so absolutely you know most fan bases don't get that kind of luxury so
3: that show structure they put together rewinding back the way they did was really
2: man I got just gotta say anyone if you didn't get to see that tour even if you've never seen them live go buy that uh, you know DVD or blu-ray whatever you absolutely. got there it's a must absolutely uh, I bought that blu-ray CD set at Best Buy it came with the keychain and oh, nice. that damn keychain I've lost it since like huh. that sucks. It, it's one of those uh, the lights you know like the, the lights oh, yeah, you click key on key lights I got you. yeah it's a key light and it makes the uh, the starman logo so I got a lot of use out of that i threw i used to put up against a wall of shows that i would go to recently right because Rush usually does hit the pa at some point so you have to throw it up there yeah and uh yes yeah, so yeah i'm a nerd so uh but the damn thing it's got the little screw top and at some point the screw top just got loose and it fell in some parking lot somewhere that i have no idea where it is and it's gone now so if anybody listening out there if you have an extra rush key light send it to me and i will uh, handsomely rewards you
3: see that or there's always eBay
2: yeah oh yeah I'm sure it's 20 bucks on eBay yeah, maybe. it's like what I paid for the set is what they're gonna charge me for it so yeah I refuse to do that
3: <laughs> I hear you but, uh,
2: yeah and also those bonus tracks on the uh, on the disc are great too like because uh, they rotated like three different songs out right and they put all the performances on there I thought that was super cool to do so I right. agree yeah good fan friendly band. So. absolutely all right what have you we got we're uh now g- gonna get uh we're, we're gonna be about halfway through the list here this is gonna be number five before we get to number five let's tease it a little bit mm-hmm. throw in some honorable mentions pete and i'll just let you roll them out go
3: all right yeah these will be short and simple um you know being a only gave me 10 choices which is really tough to begin with i had to get in some some hardcore picks so 15 sick of it all just look around 14 bad brains rock for light 13 leeway desperate measures 12 anthrax among the living 11 i gotta go with nirvana Never mind.
2: all right good throwing in some hardcore love there and of course some anthrax love which you know that i'm i'm not opposed to at all uh that just makes me more curious as to what you got here for your top five so take it away pete what is your number five pick
3: all right, number five. Well, I mentioned these guys before when you asked me about the one song that I wish I'd written. Ah. So number five is The Who with Who's Next. Nice. And the song that I, I chose is, it's actually, it might be my favorite song on the record. I mean, I've heard Won't Get Fooled Again. I've heard Bob O'Reilly.
2: Sure, at, Anthem. At yeah.
3: nauseum at this point. Yeah. And they're absolute anthems, but really the, the go to song, if I really want to listen to something just on that record, I tend to go with the song is over.
2: Oh, yeah. Well that's 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 an epic more than a anthem for sure. So You get
3: and you get Daltrey and Townsend doing doing vocals, so you, you know, you get the best of both worlds.
2: Yeah, that's great. Great pick. We're gonna all enjoy that right now. The song is over, by the Who, from Who's Next, a five star Must own. It is law. So check it out. This song right now. The
5: song is over. all behind me I should have known it She tried to find me Our love is over Sing out. through the door Thought it was me I was looking for She was the first song I ever sang But it stopped as soon as it began I'll be
2: With that, we have our first ever match on a desert island list on Rock Strikes 10. Uh, quite a few years ago, I believe it was like two or three years ago now, I had the great Michael Butler on the Rock and Roll Geek Show, and he also picked Who's Next. You guys didn't match songs, so I think that's actually kind of cool that you didn't. So yeah. we, we got to enjoy a different song off of Who's Next. He picked My Wife. That's uh, a great song. Yeah, great, great song, of course. Yachts, yeah, and the best part was, and I love Michael, he's my podcasting mentor. He's, you know, but I love it because before we played the track, he even did the, the little horn bit with his teeth. He, he kind of <laughs> whistled it. And it's one of my favorite moments ever in the history of the show. So it was, that's it was pretty great. great. Yeah, he sung a few riffs here and there. I mean, he, he out-geeked me, and you, you can only hope that he would, so. There you go. Well, we'll send that one out to Michael Butler. He doesn't listen, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll send it out. Send uh, it out to him anyway. Yeah, hey, metaphy- metaphysically, <laughs> metaphysically. Somewhere he just like got a twitch in the back of his ear. So, all right. Anyway, great pick. Who's next? Like I said, it's law. You should own it. And I'm sure the next four, I'm probably going to say the same thing and be very. Oh,
3: you um, are.
2: Repeating Thank myself over and over again. But that hey, that's cool. We're just here to enjoy. I the know music. you
3: well. I think you're going to really like these last four.
2: Yeah, we've never actually met, like, face-to-face, but, yeah, I feel like I know you pretty well, too. So that's that's. Kinda... Oh, you know,
3: that whole Texas-New York thing. Uh, sure,
2: it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to fight you about any of the sports teams because I could give a shit. So.
3: Oh, boy. No, I hear you. Yeah, I'm actually, I used to be like uh, like, I used to watch the Yankees a lot, but I, I've kind of cooled down over the years, so I'm, I'm totally not that sports guy.
2: Yeah. We we like the pro wrestling though, and that, oh I mean, yeah, yeah,
3: we do share that.
2: That's another thing I dig about you. I was gonna have you coming in, inhaling from parts unknown, Brooklyn. Actually, so. <laughs> uh, what, what section of Brooklyn are you in, by the way? I live
3: in I live in Bay Ridge. I've been here for about twenty two years.
2: Nice. All right. Cool, man. All right. So number four, what have you got for us?
3: Well, I mentioned uh, I I believe I mentioned them before. Um, I'm gonna go with number four. Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry. Ah, yes,
2: one of the and, great, of the great uh, bands of all time.
3: Oh yeah, this yeah, this was the first record that I that I had never purchased. And um, the song I'm going with is The Beast.
2: Ah, there we go. Turn this one up as loud as you possibly can. It is The Beast. <laughs> All right, that was The Beast by Long Island's Finest, Twisted Sister, who are apparently hanging it up this year. Are you going to go to that last uh, tri-state area show, Pete? Tell me you are.
3: I, I would definitely like to. I, I definitely brought it up to a few people. I, I, I've never seen them live, which is, a, which is oh. insane. I Ooh.
2: know
3: I have to go see them in person.
2: Yeah, you you have to. I mean, what, whatever you have going on that day or that week or whatever, just cancel all of it and make that priority because... Any, everything you've heard about them as a live entity is true and then some. And it's going to be their last tri-state show. You know they're going to pull out all the stops. Yeah. Uh, please go. I'm begging you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually on my knees right now begging you to go to the show. I've seen, them, uh, I've seen them two times. And as someone from Texas, that's pretty impressive, i got to say. Yeah. I, I had to go to Oklahoma twice to see those guys. So
3: really, you had to, to travel out, that, that far out. And, yes, Well they didn't play in your, in your town at all.
2: Twisted has played. I think they actually did play Texas once since they've gotten back together, and it was like some San Antonio metal festival or something like that. But I didn't get to go to that one. But I saw them at Rocklahoma in 2009. I got to see them play. Stay hungry, top to bottom, no cheating. They did it in order. Uh, Unlike Rat the night before, who were great, but they ended their out-of-the-cellar track-by-track with round-and-round, so they cheated. Twisted did not. Yeah, they did did their main set, and then they did the second half of the show, Stay Hungry, top-to-bottom, and they did not save, you know, uh, We're Not Gonna Take It or I Want to Rock for the End. They played SMF last. That's awesome. Yeah, so, and fun fact we were talking guitars earlier i'm not much of a guitar guy anymore uh sadly but i pride myself as a pretty decent rhythm guitar player stay hungry is the only album i think that i can play all the rhythm tracks all the way through oh really yeah i sat with that record endlessly until i I learned every riff by ear on that and i can i I can play two solos on that record we're not going to take it and the price that's awesome. So if you can ever cover the price, I want to do a guest spot.
3: Um, you, you got it.
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> or at least we could double it. We can do like a Thin Lizzy version of the price solo. How about that? That
3: would be awesome. Yeah, I, I'm, always, I'm always up for the Thin Lizzy twin leads. Absolutely.
2: All right. So, yeah, we love Stay Hungry. And you should, too. You should own that thing. I got the re- I got that 30th anniversary. or No, the I got the 25th anniversary of it. Yeah, back, back in 09 with the hot pink vinyl.
3: Did you get the one that that had the um the mistakenly mastered CD that was really really low?
2: Yeah, I did. And yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you
3: get the letter and the and the button and with the replacement CD?
2: No, I never did. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they they never sent it to me. That could have been my fault though. I think I was changing addresses around the time I was supposed oh. to get it and for some reason i never got it so i'm still sitting here with a shitty cd of it so someday i'll get that replaced i guess so maybe i'll try to email them again and just say hey i bought this you know like i just I bought help. it like last week <laughs> yeah, if you could get a
3: rep from from rhino i'm sure somebody would help you out with that they, they sent mine like right away within like a week or so it was it was pretty impressive how, how quickly they addressed that
2: yeah that, that's awesome rhino <laughs> I mean i've shelled for rhino tons on this show and they do great work they've always done great work and that promotion for the 25th was cool because i went to like an indie record store in dallas and i got the vinyl had the poster in it but they also had the, the giveaway with the concert dvd on there mm-hmm. did you get that
3: no i missed out on the one that came with the dvd i really wanted that but i you know I, i've had a vhs copy so it's still in relatively good shape i burned it to a dvd so oh that's very pretty cool. much that's pretty much my my version of it
2: it's probably about the same quality to be honest with you so it's all yeah good. <laughs> yeah
3: probably just about yeah
2: yeah all right we are in the top three now after just some amazing picks uh this is as uh this has been a fun show pete thanks again for coming on oh thank
3: you for having me i'm, I'm having a great time yeah,
2: and once again, go get the new Spacebeard record called Gone. You can get it on all those digital formats. What did we say? iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon. Uh, uh, Google Play. Sorry, yeah, Google Play. It's
3: also, you know, you know and if, if anyone wants to just check out the record before you decide if you want to buy it, you can listen to it on Spotify.
2: Yeah, there you go. All right. But uh, make sure you support the guys and take advantage of that awesome promotion. All right. We'll do that again at the end of the show. Yeah. I just wanted to get that one in there. What is your number three pick? The top three of Pete LaRusse's Desert Island List.
3: All right. Well, number three, uh, if number four would be Twisted Sister record. That was the first metal album that I had ever purchased with my own money. This would be the second one. I, mean, would, I don't know if you'd consider it metal, but in that vein, I, I would th- definitely think it's close enough, and uh, you, you'll know a good reason why. Uh, number three is Van Halen in 1984. Ah, yes. And um, I went with, I'm going to dedicate this to my fellow Beard in Space Beard, Andrea. And I went with, Drop Dead Legs, he'll know why.
2: Right, and I'm I'm going back in my memory bank here. I had every 45 from that album prior to owning it, and "Drop Dead Legs" was the B side to "Panama." Yep,
3: I had that 45 too.
2: Nice with the uh, with the picture sleeve.
3: Yep. Nice. Yeah. It was one of the first 45s I think I managed to get my mother to buy for me after a much much you know annoying <laughs> begging.
2: Yeah. I was uh, I've said this on the show before but I never asked my mom for like Hot Wheels toys or anything like that. I just she bought me a 45 every week and that's all I wanted. So well, that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, we had this cool record store in Baton Rouge, Louisiana and I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me, but they always had great POP up in their store just covering the whole place. Uh, it wasn't a huge place, but uh, they even had a TV in the back playing MTV all the time. Nice. And, and uh the first time i ever saw the iron maiden album covers and you know all that stuff was in that store and i guess they just had the top 50 or top 40 on 45 at all times so if if it yeah. fell if it fell off they stopped carrying it right right so you had to get it like right away
3: yeah we had stores like that here in brooklyn that uh, they had like a top
2: 20 and you
3: know that's how i got the panama 45 and I remember buying my brother the Hot for Teacher 45, and he, he ended up getting the Jump 45. So we had all of them collectively, me and him, together.
2: Nice. And you know there's two Hot for Teacher 45s out there. That yeah. I didn't
3: know. There's it, a picture sleeve one. That's the one I got for my brother. What's the other one?
2: There's the one with the, the four-fold-out poster. Oh, really? I didn't know that one did exist. Yeah. I've got two of those because I got one when it came out, and it was like just the poster was just like folded to shit. And then I, got, I found a mint one a few years ago at a record <laughs> show. Oh, and,
3: I have, uh, I have to look for that myself. It's the collection.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll send you a picture of it. It's pretty great. Yeah, but cool. um, Yeah. I, I I never got the regular teacher picture picture sleeve, so just. I actually, want sure. to
3: get those 45s back? You know, just for posterity, since I had them at one point. I'm think i thinking of getting them again.
2: Yeah, and uh, I I don't care what anybody says. I I've I've heard the criticisms about Dave Live, especially recently, but, dude, I went and saw Van Halen last year, and. All is forgiven. They played Drop Dead Legs. Come on.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that, the Live in Tokyo set, that, that got so much flack about his vocals. I'm just like, what? You've, you've been a fan of Van Halen forever. You know what you're getting when, been, when you watch David Lee performance. You're not getting perfection. So what, why are you complaining? Why is anybody complaining?
2: Yeah, have you not seen that Us Festival show? Oh, or? Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Like, come on. And that was in 83, right? right or yeah. like, come on. You know, it's oh, like. Yeah. This has been ever since, way, as far as way back when.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's an interesting commentary on... You could definitely write an essay on the attitude that Dave has with the Van Halen brothers and vice versa, because if you go listen and find some boots of Dave playing solo... He's going all out every time. Like yeah. he doesn't really fuck around when he's solo, but like it, like when he's in Van Halen, it's kind of a party,
3: you know. So. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, really, I've heard this and seen this said before, but it's true. I mean, who who has a voice like that guy?
2: Yeah, it's it's unmistakable. It's it's a it's. You know, it's it's like it's like Stephen Piercy or something. I mean, you can't yes. duplicate Tom Kiefer, You know, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. These guys are never going to be duplicated. Well, you know, Tom Kiefer, There was the whole Britney Fox thing.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> first guys I ever saw on stage were Britney Fox because uh, right. they were opening for Poison in nineteen eighty eight. That was my first concert. So. Wow, I've said that before, but I'm just bringing that up. Oh, Longs well, for Love. That's
3: I always voice. said that that song should have been a bigger hit for Brittany Fox.
2: Yeah, and it was it was it was definitely a minor hit, and it was an MTV yeah, hit, but I don't think it was a single hit. It was like number I think it
3: actually was like number one hundred or eighty eight, one of those high postings.
2: Wow. Yeah. You ever remember back when dial MTV? They used to. It was pretty much run by the fan clubs of the individual bands, and
3: yeah, you know, I and mean, of course back then I used to just think people were actually calling in, and then you find out you know labels were just pumping phone calls into the station, and I think that's how like Dangerous Toys and bands like that would get number. One spots which sure. scared and you know and like rapidly and, and fast.
2: Yeah, I just call it positive payola because a lot of the bands were actually you know they they were pretty decent quality. I just remember uh, definitely all, like out of nowhere, driving and crying, debuting definitely. at number one. You know,
3: <laughs> so the like... only other person besides my cousin that I know of that knows about fucking driving and crying, climbing <laughs> courageous, great sure. CD.
2: Nice, there you go. Yeah, I played Build a Fire on the show a couple of years ago yeah. when the when the uh, guitarist died. So
3: you got Rush Hour on that record. That's a great record.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right, kick ass. All right, what are we up to number two now? Number
3: two, it's by my all-time favorite band. Yet I know some people are saying your all-time favorite band is not your number one record. Well, that that'll be explained. It happens. But yeah, exactly. But um, number two, I'm going with Kiss Alive.
2: All right. And
3: the the main reasons I I picked Kiss Alive is, well, the easy one is that it it does encompass the first three records. So essentially you're getting almost the entire first three records, you know, in in a new recording setting. And obviously there was a lot of studio work and, you know, some overdubs here and there. So you really are getting virtually a, a new studio recording just with a lot of crowd noise piped in and, you know, and that and that live feel, but uh, the the song, the track listing, it's 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 perfect. It's the perfect gateway record to get somebody into Kiss.
2: Yeah, it was definitely mine. Like I was already aware of the band, and the first one that was kind of the record I saw all the way through from its release, you know, all the way was Asylum. Uh, but over the, you know, and I, I love you know went from Asylum to Crazy Nights to Hot in the Shade, and it's I never had the records. Uh, and I got a copy of Alive on a cassette, and that's what did it. That's really that. That's the one that kicked me into high gear and to be an eventual member of the KISS army. So apparently it's just Alive for like 95% of the fan base. Yeah. Well, what to pick? What to pick? Throw a dart, and what is your Alive pick, sir?
3: Well, I, I went with one that, um, you know, even as far back as having Alive in, in my first hand-me-down vinyl collection i i used to listen to this one a whole lot and, and not really a shock but i used to probably turn it up a little louder when it got towards the end and that was she with ace's solo at the end oh uh, and the whole section of uh let me know that they they threw in at the end yeah i'm gonna go with she feel <laughs> hey, Julie, you do like to drink vodka and orange juice
2: <laughs> uh, could do this all day yeah uh, it's
3: just nerdery at it's finest
2: yes notice they they kept they didn't keep Pete's mic hot for the between song banner you know
0: <laughs> where's my shit <laughs> I said I needed a pack of cigarettes <laughs>
2: yeah that's the best I got that CD <laughs> Yeah, the Dynasty Rehearsal tape is, yeah, is pretty unbelievable. great. Unbelievable. That When he's busting Peter's balls before they play a song, that is, <laughs> I don't even want to spoil that. You just have to find it out there. The Dynasty yeah. Rehearsals, trust kids, us.
3: Kids fans, or if you're just getting into them, try to find that. It, it's hilarious.
2: Yeah, it's uh, that's the stuff we live for that we hope is, we hope there's a lot more of those tapes out there somewhere. All right, so a lot of five-star records here. On the show, of course, with Alive and Stay Hungry and Who's Next, and I've really enjoyed this list, Pete. And I have zero clue as to what could be your number one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have one in mind, but I won't spoil it. If if I'm right, I will be honest and tell you. So uh, I'm curious. What is your number one?
3: Uh, number one record I went with is is it's always been my number one record ever ever since from what I can remember way back to when my father went and bought it, I was actually with him when he bought his copy. You know, I, I became pretty obsessed pretty quickly just when he opened it up and I saw all the artwork and the gatefold and the custom labels on the records. And bear in mind, I was like three or four years old, and yet, you know, I was I was beginning already to become like a music-obsessed person at a very young age. So um, a little, I think this was like shortly after 1980 had begun, and um, the number one record that I chose is the one that will probably forever be my all-time favorite record and would have to absolutely be with me if I were, God forbid, stuck on a Desert Island. And it's Pink Floyd, The Wall.
2: Ah, all right. Yeah, I. Yeah, my my brain was going like, you know, maybe, maybe Clash, maybe Sabbath.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it, then bands, again, that were so tough to not choose at all, even in my honorable mentions, but you know, I kind of, I kind of went with a, a feeling of, you know, what did I get into first from that point in my life to where I am now? And sure, yeah. you know, the Clash and stuff like that came a little bit later than even like later than the Ramones. Like with Anthrax, instead of Anthrax being a little higher, uh, you know, I had to put Metallica more up front because, I mean, more because Metallica pretty much was one of the, the earliest if not the earliest um, of thrash bands, that sort of became a you know trendsetter. So I had to put Anthrax a little behind them. So you know, I went with that kind of frame of mind in terms of putting my list together.
2: Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Of course, uh, you know, there, there's a tie-in to your number one and number two picks. What are the uh, common denominators in, in those two things? It's not well, directly the record that you picked, but there is, a, there is a one degree of separation between those two bands. They both work with Bob Ezrin. There you go. And, of course, The Wall was produced by Bob Ezrin. This is a a very huge, epic, long album. And uh, I'll I'll just go ahead and say it. You you probably know me okay at this point. I I am not the world's biggest Pink Floyd fan, and I I respect them. I'm going to say the generic, they're great musicians, and I get it. I am just not the biggest fan but, uh, yeah, I'm really curious to hear what you picked off of this record.
3: Yeah, I wanted to go with something that, because yeah, that record, that's a concept record, so the songs, in a lot of ways, they, they, they go right into each other. There's not a lot of breathing room. Yeah. So I wanted to go with a song that would, that you know, it has a, it has a beginning and it has an end, and there's no going into another track. But I went with Mother.
2: All right. Yeah, I I know this song very well. I've heard it performed a lot on the Howard Stern Show as well from different people over the years. So this is cool. Yeah, closing off the show. This is Mother by Pink Floyd.
4: (sighs) Mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? Hush now baby, baby, don't you cry Mama's gonna make all of your nightmares come true Mama's gonna put all of her fears into you Mama's gonna keep you right here under her wing She won't let you fly but she might let you sing. going
2: All right, that was Mother from The Wall. Uh, One of the best-selling albums of all time to boot. It's huge. Uh, Pretty much everybody owns it. And, uh, yeah, that's number one on Pete LaRusse's Desert Island list. I hope you enjoyed that out there. And, uh, yeah, I I might go listen to that record again. I probably haven't heard that record, honestly, in, like, 20 years. Really? Yeah, probably since high school because all my friends had it. It's, It's one of those things, like, all my friends had the records already. And I got a little beaten down by some of the fan base working in record stores over the years. So, yeah, it was just one of those things. that that's probably has a lot to do with it. And, of course, radio doesn't help. So, yeah, I, I
3: mean, it's, it, you know, some people tend to label that record as very, you know, depressing and, you know, for all, all for the right reasons because of all the content. But, you know, if you listen to it purely as a music fan, and especially if you're a fan of Ezra and being the Alice Cooper fanatic that you are.
2: Oh, yeah. You know,
3: you, you, you listen to it from that frame of mind, I think you'll you'll find a, a newer and better appreciation for it.
2: Yeah, and I have a lot of references to that album that I've you know, just in concerts I've been to over the years, I've got a lot of cover versions of, you know, songs from that record, you know? <laughs> like, I've uh, I, I just off the top of my head, I can whip off a few. I saw System of a Down cover, Goodbye Blue Sky live Oh I, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear what that sounds like. Yeah. It, well they did about they did like a third of it or something, but they it led into toxicity, it was just a brilliant transition. That's cool. And um like uh you know, I've I've got a couple of covers of In the Flesh, one by the Scorpions and one by Dream Theater and you know, so and you know, I, I know the singles off of that of course and so yeah, I think I'm gonna give that a top to bottom listen for the first time in a long time. So you you pushed me over into it. Yeah, let let me know
3: how you feel about it now nowadays. Be interested to hear. All
2: right. So, you, you, uh, and when Mark Striegel was on the show, Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, he picked he had Animals on his Desert Island list. So. That's
3: my second favorite Pink Floyd record. I Love that record.
2: Yeah, if you if if you guys had flipped that, then we could have done a bunch of KRP jokes right now. So.
3: <laughs> That's right. That's right. I know where you're referring to. Yeah,
2: I don't take requests.
3: Yeah. Well, actually here, when they were airing them again a few years ago, they did run it with, um, with Pink Floyd playing in the background where Johnny Fever's sitting in the chair and yeah. comes in and, what are you listening to, Pink Floyd?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, and it, that scene's on YouTube because of the fact that it's one of the few songs that couldn't get cleared for the, uh, the recent DVD box. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, we could we could talk that all night, but uh, we, yeah. could, we should probably spare the listener and get out of here. But uh, uh, once again, I will say, uh, Pete, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been awesome. Oh, thanks
3: for having me. It was it was a pleasure. I had a great time and uh, put my list together. I didn't didn't put a, like a whole lot of thought into it. So I, I made made sure it was pretty spontaneous.
2: No, it's better I, that way. I, I hope
3: everybody enjoyed the picks.
2: Yeah, and, and I did, for sure. And that's that's really all that matters. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure everybody else enjoyed him as well. And once again, go get Spacebeard's new record called Gone, iTunes, Google Play, CD Baby. What did I leave out? Amazon.
3: Did you say Amazon?
2: Amazon, of course, Amazon. And if you show proof of purchase digitally, send it over there to, uh, you know, I guess I can do it via the Spacebeard Facebook page as well.
3: well it's... You know, you- you can take a screenshot, or if you have an email receipt from iTunes, let's say, just just forward everything that you have to spacebeard at gmail.com and um, just make sure you forward us your, your mailing address, and we'll we'll get a CD out to you within a few days for
2: sure. Yeah, and the CD is like really nice. It's the, the slick on it's really good. I dig that. It's a pack oh, but it's like it's really quality stuff. I like it. Like if this thing is not going to fall apart. Well, I'll give you
3: this little stat. I think you'll truly appreciate. You know, given we were just talking about Kiss before, this the, the Gone CD. It was um, it was actually manufactured and done at the same place that just put out the Kiss Rocks Vegas.
2: Oh, that's killer, man. That's yeah. awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a little tie. We had a little hookup there. So um, the last two records we actually worked with that company.
2: Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, stick with them, man. Because uh... yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, that's a good piece of work there. And like I said, just uh, the whole presentation and, of course, the music inside, super quality. I'm going to be playing a track from it on a future new music episode. Also, I I do this at the end of every show anyway. Go to Facebook.com slash SpaceBeardBand for more info. Thank you once again, Pete. We're going to have you back. Maybe we'll do uh, some other kind of list, break it down just a bit more than being just general huge epic desert island. Yeah, we'll make that happen. If you want to come on again, you're you're invited any time.
3: I'd love to, yeah. Just let me know anytime.
2: All right. Thanks again, Pete.
3: Thank you, John.